Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome Brad to New York. Paul. This is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! And what is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your New Jersey Devils. And as always, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I hope you are having a great day, and I hope a lot of you guys were able to sleep in after staying up late last night watching the Devils come away with a dominant 7-2 win over the San Jose Sharks to begin this West Coast road trip. And we will get into that and a bunch more in this episode. But before we get underway, just want to quickly shout out, as always, our lovely sponsors down below here. If you could see it here on YouTube, we got SeatGeek. Use promo code DEVILSTATEOFMIND to get $20 off your first purchase of any sporting or concert event of your choosing when you use SeatGeek. Shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for DraftKings, use our promo code THPN. You bet $5 and you get $200 instantly. And free bets to bet on anything you like. Hockey, basketball, you got baseball going on right now. And so, so much more. So make sure to sign up for DraftKings and use our promo code THPN. Again, bet $5, get $200 in risk-free bets. And last but certainly not least, use my promo code DEVILSTATE at Horns and Tail Napa Valley, the official wine club of the, the New Jersey Devils, and also the official wine sponsor of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And you can get 10% off all of your orders of some delicious tasting wine with really, really cool designs for Devils fans like myself and all of you that are listening and watching this podcast. So make sure, again, to use promo code DEVILSTATE at checkout when you buy uh, some great products from Horns and Tail Napa Valley. So again, shout out to all of our sponsors 
here sponsoring the Devil State of Mind podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. And last but certainly not least, while you're here, also make sure to give us a follow on all of our social media platforms, uh, Devil State of Mind, both on Facebook and on Instagram, and follow us on Twitter at Devil State, where you guys can see all of the content and you can get notified when we have new content. I also keep up to date with a lot of things going around with involving the New Jersey Devils. And that includes something that happened literally a couple of minutes ago. So we have some late breaking news here that I want to share with you. The Devils, indeed, made a trade. It's not what you think. There's nothing major about it, but the Devils were indeed involved in a trade, a three-team trade, as the Devils acquire a fourth-round pick in a trade to help out an original trade between the Dallas Stars and Calgary Flames, in which Brandon Tanev has been sent, excuse me, Chris Tanev has been sent from the Calgary Flames to the Dallas Stars. So as you read here, the New Jersey Devils announced today that the team has acquired Dallas's own fourth-round pick in the 2026 NHL Draft for facilitating an existing trade between the Dallas Stars and Calgary Flames for defenseman Chris Tanev. To receive the pick, New Jersey trades the rights to unsigned draft choice goaltender from Arizona State, Cole Brady, the club's fifth-round selection back in the 2019 NHL Draft to Calgary, and also have agreed to retain 50% of all future obligations at Tanev's contract for the 2023-24 season. And then it says the Stars and Flames concurrently announced the larger transaction, which includes sending Brady to Dallas. So Cole Brady goes to the Dallas Stars from New Jersey. Um, the Flames get a couple of picks, I believe. I think they might have also gotten a prospect. And the Devils get a 2026 fourth-round pick. And really, to me, I think, honestly, this was just one of those opportunities for uh, Tom Fitzgerald to really kind of get more draft capital, whether to use it uh, moving forward or to certainly use it in other trades that may be, with us being almost about a week away from the NHL trade deadline, to use in other trades to acquire right now players. So, yeah, so we had some late-breaking news here. Um, again, nothing too major. The Devils just pick up another draft pick. Cole Brady was one of those really young goaltenders that looked like he may have had some potential with his success down in Arizona State, but the Devils uh, decided that they're going to part ways again. He is unsigned, so uh, it looked like that there was probably very little chance that he was going to eventually get signed by New Jersey. So now he goes to Dallas, and uh, maybe he gets a uh, a clearer path towards maybe making an appearance in the NHL down the road. So again, the Devils acquire a 2026 fourth round pick in the uh, in their NHL draft for facilitating an existing trade in which the Dallas Stars acquired Chris Tanev from the Calgary Flames. So you can remove yet another player that the Devils were at one point or another rumored to maybe in the mix to try to acquire Chris Tanev being a older but stable shutdown physical defenseman. And so uh, Calgary continuing to ship off its um, expiring contracts. And now they are left with the two big ones, uh, Noah Hannafin and uh, Jakob Markstrom. And we'll see what happens and transpires over the next week and change with either one of those guys. And we'll see if either one of them is involved with the New Jersey Devils. So that wasn't the first thing. That obviously I wanted to uh, talk about in this episode, but because it was pretty much breaking news and only happened about, you know, five to 10 minutes ago, I thought I'd just quickly share that with all of you. So now 
Let's jump into our first official topic of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So we are going to talk about the Devil's dominant 7-2 win last night on Tuesday night in San Jose against the San Jose Sharks. So this was the first game of the Devils' West Coast road trip. They also will go to Anaheim and then wrap it up in Los Angeles against the Kings. This was also Timo Meyer's first trip back to the Shark Tank SAP Center in San Jose, California, a year and one day after being traded from the Sharks to the Devils. I still remember vividly where I was. I was ironically at the Prudential Center for a Jeff Dunham comedy show um, when Timo Meyer was traded from the Sharks to the New Jersey Devils. And I don't know if you guys remember how long it took to get the official details of the entire trade. We knew for hours that Timo Meyer had been dealt to New Jersey. We just didn't know what the package was. And then it turned out to be that ridiculous 11 player or whatever it was, um, you know, uh, trade. So yeah, it's been just a little now over a year since the Devils acquired Timo Meyer. And again, his first trip back to San Jose. Also for the Sharks, again, involving the Devils, Mackenzie Blackwood got the original start in this one. His first start since being traded and then signed from the Devils to the San Jose Sharks. Fabian Zellerin and Nikita Ahoytuk also we're in this game, so you had three different uh, former Devils going up against uh, their former team. Uh, Shakir Mukamadoulin, who has played a decent amount in San Jose this year, is injured right now, so he is not. Uh, he did not play in last night's game. Now, what's interesting about Mackenzie Blackwood is that he was clearly on his game when it got underway as he finished stopping all 13 shots the Devils put on him and overall in that first period. But late in that first period during a commercial break, Blackwood left his net, went to the locker room, and did not return to the game as Capo Kakinen had to finish the game for the San Jose Sharks. Mackenzie Blackwood has also been put on injured reserve as of the uh, as of earlier this morning. So not really sure exactly what transpired or what he's dealing with. They showed some replays of what might have been the, the reason that he got hurt, but it didn't look like very much, but he was somewhat slow to get up and uh, turned out to be something that he could not continue with. Um, so again, Capo Kakinen got the, um, you know, played the rest of that game. And the Devils were lucky that the, uh, that Capo Kakinen came in as the Devils were able to you want to, you could say come from behind, but they were really only down one, nothing came away with a come from behind dominant seven to two win in San Jose against the Sharks. They really, really poured it on in the third period. It felt like every shot at one point was just going in for the Devils in one of their most, if not most dominant offensive performance of the season. And the one thing that Christy Flannery of the Hockey News um, and several other people um, you know, kind of mentioned on social yesterday watching the game was that Devils were not too celebratory with their goals. I think they had more of a business approach. They knew that this was a game that they should easily win. They knew that they needed to win it to get themselves uh, back into a playoff race here. And they know how important this entire road trip is for this team. And so for them, you know, coming away with this type of win and winning so easily, you know, there was really no time and no necessary need to be celebrating that much. Um, even when Jack Hughes scored on a breakaway, you know, not much celebration, just kind of maybe a couple of fist pumps. Dawson Mercer scored a goal, and after he scored, he didn't even 
Uh, you know, I don't want to say he didn't acknowledge his teammates, but he kind of just went right to the bench, you know, did his fist pump line, and that was pretty much it. Again, I, I think it was a very business-like approach from the Devils in this one. Couple of uh couple of news and notes after the game. So again, I would say that this was one of those games where the top guys were the top guys. Starting with Nico Heischer, added a goal and three assists in this one, and what you could argue was maybe his best game of the entire season. He really, really put the team on his back. And not only did he end up with a four-point night, he actually achieved a milestone as one of those three assists got him to 200 career assists in his career. So congratulations to the captain, Nico Kishore, on reaching that mark as he's still fairly young in his career. I mean, again, it's, it's crazy to think about it. he's been here since 2017-18 and he's still... You know, he's still so young. You know, he's still just entering the prime of his career. He's already at 200 career assists. So a nice milestone for the captain there for sure. Then go to Jack Hughes. This was the most Jack Hughes I've seen from Jack Hughes uh, in a while. Even in the first period of this game, he still looked lost. And it was very frustrating to see it. See it that way. And I think there is some speculation that he is certainly struggling with the injury that he sustained earlier this year, the injuries that he's been dealing with this year. Um, and that could be the cause of him having, you know, not as much success. But he certainly got himself going in the second and third periods, finished with a goal and two assists. And then, as I'll show you here from Shane Peng, who is uh, the writer for San Jose Hockey Now, uh, Jack Hughes tied his career high set literally just last week in the loss against the Rangers with 18 shot attempts. Now, that doesn't mean that every shot that Jack Hughes took uh, ended up on net and counted as a shot on goal. It just meant that he shot the puck 18 different times and he finished with an official 11 Shots on goal, which clearly led the team by a lot. So Jack Hughes looked as confident as he's looked all year long with the way that he um, dished it out in that one. So Jack Hughes did a really, really good job of kind of, you know, taking control, scoring on a breakaway. He looked solid. He looked very, very solid. Jesper Breyer had a good game and a goal and assist. And Timo Meyer. Despite scoring a goal on the power play, was eventually waved off due to an offsides call against Alexander Holtz. He actually ended up with a pretty good game himself, as he actually added two assists of his own. So if you look at it, those four major key players all contributed mightily. However, there were also some secondary scoring from ver some very unlikely places. Kevin Ball finally got his first goal of the year with an absolute Bomb of a slap shot after a nice feed from Nico Heischer. Colin Miller scored a goal from the from the top of the blue line on a wrist shot. And Brendan Smith from the left corner of the top of the blue line scored off the post and in for his third of the year. I can't believe that Brendan Smith has three goals. He went the entire season last year without a single one. And now he actually has more goals than several other players on this team. That is pretty remarkable to me. So he's definitely shown more of his goal scoring prowess. Two of the three goals that he has scored this year have come as uh defenseman. And I can actually 
tell you all three games that uh, Brendan Smith scored. It was the first one was I think about a month and change ago in a win over the Ottawa Senators. He scored on a breakaway coming out of the penalty box. Second one was the stadium series. He scored crashing the net, knocking it in on a rebound. And then obviously last night scoring against the San Jose Sharks. So the Devils had three different defensemen. So half of their defensive core, a little less than actually a little less than because they went 11 11 forward, seven defensemen. A little less than half of their defensive uh, players scored a goal last night. So I think overall it was a really good team effort. Nico Dawes was very, very strong in net, giving up just two goals um, overall. So the Devils got a win that they were supposed to get against the team that you knew that they needed to beat and that they should beat, and that's exactly what they did. And that's really, really important. And I said it several times last night, and I'll say it again here. I'm very hopeful that the Devils can build upon it, that they can, you know, shake off that frustrating loss that they had against the Tampa Bay Lightning over the weekend, and that they can use this West Coast road trip to get themselves going again. They're only five points out of a playoff spot right now, whether you want to say the wild card or the uh, or the Metropolitan Division top three. And if the Devils can just keep things rolling here and play this type of hockey moving forward, Sooner or later, they're going to get right back into a playoff spot officially and get themselves going. I think it would be important if the Devils could get five out of six points on this road trip. So with this win, good start to the road trip. Now the Devils get two days off. They're uh, obviously not playing today. They won't be playing tomorrow on Thursday when you guys are listening to this. They'll be back Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. So only a half hour earlier than the game against the Sharks, 10 p.m. Eastern start time when the Devils are in Anaheim against the Ducks. And then the Devils will wrap up the road trip on Sunday afternoon, 3.30 start time against the Los Angeles Kings. So, you know, again, this is a very, very winnable road trip that can, you know, wield a lot of success. And let's see if the Devils, again, can build upon this dominant win over the Sharks and move it forward here as they slowly and surely crawl back into uh, a race to get into the playoffs. So now let's shift over to uh, two rumors that have come out over the last two days involving the Devils. The first, talking about Tyler Toffoli. So again, Tyler Toffoli acquired in the offseason for a pick in Yegor Sharon Govich. So far this year, I and, and I've written about it before, that Tyler Toffoli has been pretty much as advertised. I know a lot of people are very critical of him because they say that he's slow and this, then the other thing. But overall, he's had really, really good chemistry with Jack Hughes. He's our best goal scorer overall. He's on his way to getting another 30-goal season out of him. And he's played relatively well. And I, and I think he's very much uh, impressed uh, the players on this team and certainly Tom Fitzgerald. Now, on inside, on the latest insider trading, TSN's analyst Darren Drager explained that although Toffoli is uh, garnering interest with the NHL trade deadline just nine days away, the Devils prefer to keep Toffoli in their plans. And this is what um, Drager said on insider trading. He said, quote, they could trade to Foley, but that's not their intent. They prefer to extend Tyler to Foley, and they've already engaged at least some degree in extension talks with agent Pat Brisson, who Pat Brisson, if you know, is a very, very hard negotiator. Um, he's represented a lot of really good players. And so certainly this is not going to be an easy negotiation at all. 
And why wouldn't you? This guy has 25 goals, and you could see him as part of their future. The predicament is they are a non-playoff team right now. I believe that the New Jersey Devils are going to take the next three games. This was um, this was talked about prior to the shark game against the Sharks out west to analyze their team deeply. As you get closer to the trade deadline, if they feel that they are not playoff worthy, they may explore some of the interest they're getting into folding as a pending free agent. End quote. So. I think this is very understandable. If the Devils don't feel that they are going to make the playoffs, then, you know, take advantage of the opportunity to maybe get some pretty decent assets, some draft capital to use to help your team um, get better in the offseason. Although I still think that the Devils are going to find a way to re-sign Tyler Toffoli. I don't think it'll be as crazy of a deal as some people might might expect. I know that it's possible he could gain, um, he could certainly get a, a major big boy contract, one last big boy contract before his career is up. But I think if Toffoli wants to give himself an opportunity to chase another cup, I think if he can re-sign in New Jersey, I think that would be very beneficial to him and the Devils as well. Now, Tom Fitzgerald has said that he, quote, likes Toffoli and feels uh, that he fits with the team well. And this is what Tom Fitzgerald said. This was back when Fitzgerald was talking to the media after um, signing an extension a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he said, quote, with Tyler, I've had multiple conversations with his agent. I think we're probably going to sit down here at some point before the all-star break or after the break, potentially in the break, just to see where he's at, what he's thinking, where he's at. And then we'll talk about it. If there's a marriage here moving forward, I like Toffoli. I think he's been really, uh, been a really good addition to our team because of his professionalism and his winning pedigree. But it is a business. End quote. And I and I like to say that last part because it is. And the Devils. They will have a decent amount of cap space. I think like twenty plus million dollars in the offseason with some pending free agents. The guys that stand out the most uh, are Dawson Mercer, who's a restricted free agent, and of course Tyler Toffoli. There's some other guys, Colin Miller, T- uh, Tomas Nosek, um, you know, other guys like that that the Devils may try to keep, may not. They may look to add some different guys that maybe fit the lineup a little bit better. But Toffoli and Mercer, at least from the right now perspective, are the two most uh, watched guys you're going to look at um, in terms of whether the Devils will keep them or not. I, I think that they're going to get a bridge deal done with Dawson Mercer. I've often said 4x4 four four or 4x4.5. Four um, you know, overall, I think would be a good deal for for a young Mercer. Uh, for Toffoli, uh, maybe a 5x5, five five, who knows? Um, I don't think that would necessarily be that crazy of a deal. Um, maybe a 5x5 five five is a little too long considering that he's in his 30s. I would Maybe a 3x5, three, three or four year deal. What, what do you guys think? Let me know in the comments here on YouTube and also just in general what you think a Tyler Toffoli deal would look like if the Devils uh, were to re-sign him. Uh, in the off season or, you know, moving forward. So we'll, we'll keep our eye on it again to Foley, 25 goals, 17 assists, 42 points in 58 games this year. He scored a career high 34 last year with the Calgary flames and is on pace to match and even potentially pass his previous career mark as he's on track to net over an 82 game span. So it's possible that to could have even more goals than last year. And that would certainly give him a major opportunity to gain a lot of interest to get a big deal from somebody. But I think Toffoli knows at this point in his career that if he wants to compete for a Stanley Cup, he may have to take less money to join a contender, whether that's New Jersey or someone else moving forward. So 
I want to know what you guys think. I know that people have had different opinions of Tyler Toffoli throughout the year. I have been very consistent with my opinion of Toffoli that I think that he fits this team well. I think he gives this team a good scoring element, a guy who has a nose for the goal. I know that he's, you know, he's not fleet of foot. I know that he's not the fastest guy we've ever seen, but I think he fits this team well. And, you know, being put on a top line with Jack Hughes, I think is only beneficial to him, Jack Hughes, and the entire team. Uh, but what do you guys think? Do you want to keep Toffoli? Do you not? What do you think a deal would look like? Let me know. Would love to get your guys' thoughts. Last but certainly not least here, we got to talk about the goaltending once again. As you know that we have uh, been constantly talking about it. Rumors have been swirling for weeks now. And the latest that we're getting is that it seems like the Devils have shifted their focus on to Yusei Saros of the Nashville Predators. Now, last week I wrote an article, my first article for Inside the Rink, talking about why the Devils need to go after Yusei Saros. And if Yusei Saros is indeed available by the time the deadline comes around, I think the Devils should absolutely put the full court press on to acquire uh, the 28-year-old netminder from the Nashville Predators. Now, the report that we're getting right now is there is a team that, quote, is very interested in Yusei Saros and Trotz, although, is likely to keep him. So let's read a little bit here. So after five straight wins, the Nashville Predators now hold a firm four-point lead over the St. Louis Blues for the final wildcard spot in the Western Conference, likely taking a Saros blockbuster off the table unless another GM is desperate enough to meet Barry Trotz's ridiculous high-asking price, which we still don't know what that is. According to Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff, one NHL team has shown serious interest in acquiring the 28-year-old Finn, but it's looking more and more likely that Nashville will hold on to Saros and sign him to an extension over the summer rather than ship him out of town. Now, this is what Saravalli said on Daily Faceoff. He said, quote, at least one team has been very interested in Saros over the last couple of weeks, believed to be the New Jersey Devils. But Daily Faceoff sources indicated on Monday that the Preds have told teams that as long as they are in a position to make the playoffs, that Saros will not be traded. The usual caveats exist that if the Predators suddenly fall out of the mix over the next nine days, all bets are off. And well, never say never if there's an offer they can refuse. So yeah, it's looking less likely that a deal for Soros right now is possible. I even said when I first saw this report that if the Devils were to go for a long-term solution and acquire a guy like Soros, that this would be an off-season move. Whether you're getting him, if you make a move for John Gibson, who has a couple years left on his deal, whatever. I think the Devils are still and really should go after some form of a netminder, whether that's you know, a Jake Allen or somebody like that. Although Jake Allen and even Capo Kakinen have fallen off a decent amount of late. I mean, the Devils just saw Kakinen last night and he did not play well. Um, the Devils need to find somebody that's going to help stabilize this goaltending with Nico Dawes because relying on Dawes to be your number one netminder right now with him being so young and inexperienced is not cutting it. Yes, he's had some success, but you don't want to overdo it here and then just ruin him. You don't want to be in that position at all. And so we'll say, um, again, Vitek Vanacek is currently on IR. He may join the team at some point during this road trip. He may not. Akira Schmid, he hasn't looked good. Um, you know, he looked good through one period against the Tampa Lightning and, or really, really two periods. But after that, it just wasn't good. He just has not been good. Nico Dawes is the one consistent good 
goalie that the Devils have had of late. So the Devils have to find some answers. Um, again, the Predators could could struggle over the next you know week and change here. Um, maybe fall out of a playoff spot, but I, but I think even if they were to fall out of the the second wild card spot, and maybe they're only two or three points out by the time the trade deadline comes around. I don't think the Predators are still going to trade Saros. And I know that, um, you know, uh, Askarov has done really, really well down in the minors for the Milwaukee Admirals for the Predators. And I think that he is their goalie of the future. I think the Predators would be wise to wait until the offseason because then you may get a much better deal than what you get now because I think teams may try to get Soros for cheap. It just seems like right now that it's just the devils that are the most active in terms of finding a goaltender, Markstrom, Soros, Elvis Merzlikens at one point, a bunch of other guys, John Gibson. There's The devils are involved in literally every goalie that could potentially be moved or is most likely to be moved. Um, so I think overall, long-term, I would love to acquire Soros. And I think if Soros is still in Nashville and that, extension talks are not happening. I think the devils in the off season should really, really make a swing and acquire Yusei Saros and sign him long-term. I think he would be a missing piece to a devil's championship puzzle. Um, but we'll say just wanted to give you, so that's kind of the latest we have with Saros still possible, but I think it's less likely than it was maybe before, but things can change. Things always change in hockey. It's a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what, you can, what can happen. So let me know what you guys think of the latest on you say Soros and overall what you think the Devils should do within terms of the goaltending. So yeah, a lot of rumors going to be swirling around over the next uh, week and change. Devils got a bunch of games coming up in the next cu couple of days before that deadline. This is really it. This is make or break time for this team. Either they're going to get back into a playoff race and really go for it or it's going to be the last nail in the coffin that's really going to put this devil season uh, to bed in what has been a pretty frustrating year up until this point. So we'll see what the Devils can do for the rest of this West Coast road trip. And we'll keep our eye and see what other moves the Devils make as we get closer and closer to the NHL trade deadline.